Welcome back to the Off The Key Podcast, where we talk about music of all varieties. I'm your host, Mac, and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett. Sniff. And James. Hello there. And today we are talking about the debut studio album from the virtuosic duo Domi and J.D. Beck. Not tight. Now you might be wondering who Domi and J.D. Beck are. They are a jazz duo consisting of American drummer J.D. Beck and French keyboardist Domi Luna. The duo met in 2018 at the National Association of Music Merchants show and met again a month later at Erica Badu's birthday party. The two clicked immediately and started writing music right away. Now, I want to go ahead and get into the backstory of both musicians because they are both considered prodigies at their respective instruments, and they have interesting backstories. So, Domi Luna, or her given name, Domitile de Gaulle, and I'm sorry if I murdered that, was born in Metz, France, and started playing drums and piano at just three years old. She was in kindergarten for one week before being pulled out for homeschooling so she could attend the Nancy Conservatory to study jazz and classical. After graduating, she attended the Berklee College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, via a full presidential scholarship. During her stay at Berkeley, she began posting videos of her performances on several social media platforms, catching the attention of multiple prominent jazz and hip-hop musicians. Now, J.D. Beck, on the other hand, is a Dallas, Texas native who started playing gigs as a drummer by age 10, including a stint with Erica Badu's backing band and bassist Mono Neon. By age 14, he was mentored by Robert Sput Seawright of Snarky Puppy and Ghost Note. Sput invited the duo to play at Badu's birthday party, and the rest is history. Talk about some incredible talent, man. These two and their chemistry is a once-in-a-generation talent. They were born to play these instruments. And think about it. Some kid from Dallas, Texas, meets up with this girl from Metz, France. Just worlds apart, totally different upbringings, but they're incredible musicians. Just goes to show you the power of music, man. And the chemistry between the two is unreal. So in 2019, they appeared as backing musicians for several popular acts, such as Thundercat and Anderson Pack, and even toured with the math rock band Chon. So the buzz for the duo began thanks to several of their online performances going viral. Although I would say their full breakout moment came when they appeared alongside Thundercat and Ariana Grande during the virtual Adult Swim Festival performing Thundercat's hit song, Them Changes. If you haven't seen that cover, you should go watch it. It will actually make you very angry at Ariana Grande. I wish she would just do that. If she would do that style... (laughs) Man, it'd be amazing. It'd I, I be would, incredible. I mean, she please grew, Ariana do an album of that. I mean, she grew up on Christina Aguilera and Mariah Carey, so it's a wonder that she's not. But it is just it just goes to show you that a lot of what I wouldn't give for some pop artist to try a new genre. Just some, there's so many there's so many examples you can just just run through. Ariana, do some blues, do some jazz, some soul, please, please do it. Anyway. Domi and J.D. Beck murdered that performance. Besides that, my first exposure to them was actually their Mad Villainy tribute after MF Doom's death in 2020. They murdered those covers. I don't know if y'all have seen that clip. I've linked it to the chat. J.D. Beck's fills on those covers. Ridiculous. How can you even replicate those? (laughs) So I first saw J.D. on YouTube. I think it was by himself. 
Yeah, they perform separately yeah. outside of their own channel. Yeah, but. I, actually, it, this is my first time seeing Domi, besides that Ariana Grande video. JD, he's a human drum machine. His syncopation is as close to perfect as a human being can get. And the guy's like 19. That's what just blows my mind. I can only imagine where he's going to go from here. Same with Domi. I mean, she is a yeah. monster on the piano. JD Bank is one of those rare drummers that comes along that makes you impressed with his drumming, no matter who you are, even being a layman. A caveman could walk out of his cave and be like, hey, that's some pretty freaking good drumming. Like, I know well, a little more than the average person, but I'm, I'm a layman when it comes, you know, the drums, and I can know that what he's doing is, like, absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, it's next level. He has also probably become my second favorite drummer that I can just listen to. Even if the song is weak, just the drums alone, like second to like Stuart Copeland, where I just enjoy their drum playing like on an island. Yeah, during this time where they started getting virality, several artists started to notice, but most specifically Anderson Pack. If you know who Anderson Pack is, he's actually a uh, soul and hip hop and R and B singer slash producer slash songwriter slash, slash musician drummer slash rapper. He wears many hats. Real big right now, especially in the 2010s and the 2020s. But yeah, he he saw them as a talent and he plucked them right up, signed them on his ape shit record label. I would also like to toot Domi's horn, since we've already kind of sung the praises of J.D. Beck. Not only, you know, is she a monster pianist, synth player, and, like, jazz piano player, but most of the time she is doing, like, what a lot of the one of the organists did back then and was also playing the bass parts with her feet mm-hmm. at the Crazy. same time. Yep. The only one I know of doing stuff like that, and I've sung his praises to the I'm sure more keyboard players do this, but um, the only one I can think of off the top of my head was... Ray Manzarek from The Doors actually yep. played bass with, with his feet. That is probably one of the most famous musicians that did that. The Doors actually did not have a bass player live because of that. Yeah. They had a few in the studio, but yeah, man. Crazy talent. She uses every appendage of her body and still plays at prodigy virtuoso levels. It's very impressive to watch, and you'll see it. Um, they usually have a camera that shows when she's playing the bass and the piano at the same time in their videos, and you should definitely check out their YouTube channel. We'll probably link it in the um, description, but it's something to behold to watch yeah. these two work their instruments. That affords them a lot of versatility. Much like the Doors, they can do all sorts of things without needing a whole lot of people. Yeah, and I think it's one of their biggest strengths on this album as well. Before we get into that, though... I did want to mention a couple of fun facts. So Domi and JD Beck actually have songwriting credits on Skate by Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic is a duo consisting of Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Now, if you've been paying attention to music at all in the past couple of years, this duo has blown the freak up. They're amazing. They're that, incredible. Their last album was amazing. One of, one, one of my, my favorites of 2021. Same. Strong ties with Anderson Pack. So Anderson, he eventually signed them to his label Ape Shit in partnering with Blue Note Records. Now, if you're a big jazz head and you hear the name Blue Note Records, that's going to ring some alarm bells. Blue Note Records is one of the most respected and prolific record labels in the history of jazz. They're noted for their role in fostering the development of hard bop, post bop, and avant-garde jazz. The label has recorded and published a significant number of essential jazz albums from many greats of the genre, including Freddie Hubbard, Art Blakey, John Coltrane, Wayne Shorter, Jackie McLean, Miles Davis, 
Thelonious Monk, Horace Silver, Tony Williams, Gil Evans, Charlie Parker, McCoy Tyner, Elvin Jones, and so many, many, many more. This label is legendary in the world of jazz. And the fact that they saw potential in Domi and J.D. Beck says a lot. But yeah, so their debut studio album, Not Tight, was released on July 29th, 2022 via Apeshit in partnership with Blue Note Records. So let's hop into it. This album, if it hasn't been stated already, I'm very positive toward. And you may be wondering. I'm shocked. Shocked. You guys giving my past haterisms toward I'm, jazz. Why? Yes, Garrett, I am actually very curious why, why you like this. Why, why you? you like this record so much more than the other jazz fusion albums we talked about? Because of two simple things. Actually three. One J.D. Beck is that actually like the nature of lo-fi. Now, I do realize there are a little bit of production issues that you guys will probably bring up, but I actually kind of like the lo-fi beats nature of it, which means that I can focus, really focus in on it and really just listen to what's going on, or I could put it more to the background. It has versatility in that regard. I enjoy that. J.D. Beck is also such an interesting jazz drummer that I can just listen to him on an island, which is very, very rare for drummers to do. There are not many. There's like five. Him, Keith, Stewart, Bonham. That's really it. If they said, okay, I'm going to do a two-minute drum solo in this song, and I'm just not like, bruh, really? There, I'm just like, go ahead, take ten minutes. Very rare for a drummer to really, for their technical playing to really interest me the whole way through. Domi knows how to put in little motifs, to like on Smile, to keep you coming back, to keep you rooted, to keep you grounded. She knows when to end her legato runs and not keep going on and on and on and on, which is a my biggest problem with jazz fusion, freeform jazz, is that it'll just kind of meander and it won't. She she stops and gives the album space to breathe. Bless up for that. Thank God. From the bottom of my freaking heart. Because <laughs> I swear, like, no jazz guitarist or... Actually, pianists can space really well. Thelonious Monk and Mingus are really good at, like, making space. And Domi is pretty good at doing that as well. But, man, a lot of jazz guitarists and even John McLaughlin is, is, can fall victim to this at times. They will just legato runs and just keep going and keep going and keep going. And they won't root themselves ever. And it just kind of just kind of turns into a soup after two or three minutes. It's just kind of like, I'm well, getting that, lost here. That's just how guitarists are. A little self-indulgent. Yeah. Yes. A little drop of mindless self-indulgence as a treat. All these things with a little hint of, you know, some hip hop and pop sprinkled in to keep it a little interesting. Keep it up approachable yeah. for the average listener. It's comfy. I would call the aesthetic yeah. of this album comfy. Just a good listen. This is a very great driving album. Yeah. The first time I heard the album, I was actually driving to a concert, a Flea Foxes concert, actually. It was great driving music. But that's not to say you can't enjoy it in other contexts. I actually think the overall composition and the structure of, of these songs it's very layered very complex i listened back to it multiple times and i got different ideas and things from it every time that drew me in as well man just the talent of these two james i have been very curious about your thoughts on jd beck's technique it's kind of similar to the modern hip-hop style of drumming it's that busy phil oriented hip-hop style of drumming that still has pocket as well they're really really good at creating just this 
incredible pocket. If you don't know, a pocket is basically just the groove. When someone says you're playing in the pocket, you're playing this nice, simple groove that has a great feeling and it's really danceable. Usually it's characterized as a simple beat with a few little licks and fills in mixed in. To be clear, while there's a lot of hip-hop influence in JD's playing, he is first and foremost a jazz drummer. He's a jazz hop drummer. That's the best way I can describe it. I would definitely put that genre sticker on this album. Jazz hop, jazz fusion, even a little bit of um, neo-soul, especially on Take a Chance and Pilot. Yeah, very uh, hip-hop infused album, but that's not a bad thing. I actually think it benefits the record quite a bit. Those were my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Take a Chance, dude, the melody on Take a Chance, it's been stuck on my head since this album came out. They make for a great combination. One thing I've noticed and I find so impressive about the two is that they're able to carry their own, but when you add in extra elements like these guest singers, you know, Mac DeMarco, Anderson Pack, even Snoop Dogg, Thundercat, it Buster takes Ryan. it to the next level. What I love about them is they don't overpower the guests or, or anyone else, especially on Pilot. JD kind of calms down. He doesn't lean too heavily into his chops. That is a perfect example of a song where he's playing in the pocket, and I love it. Thundercat fits so stupidly well with them. My soul, my musical soul is yearning for more of their pairing. They need to do an album. I would Good listen God to that almighty. <laughs> 100 times. The song, that the self-titled song, Not Tight, oh my God, that is one of my favorite tracks here. The bass playing, the drums. The bass solo on Not Tight is insane. I mean, Thundercat goes off on that, man. They work so well together. They have such great chemistry with Thundercat that if they just decided to make a band together, I would jump for joy. Shut up and take my money. Also, Pilot, an interesting thing about that, that is the first rap song, a jazz hop song, we'll say. That's the first one that I've ever heard that's in an odd time signature. I believe it's in 6-8. Maybe that's why it Snoop and uh, Busta Rhymes sounded so different. If you listen, it has kind of an odd feel. It's still a really nice, smooth feel, but it's not exactly 4-4 perfect straight. It's got more of a 3-4 feel, but because of how the rhythm is oriented, it's more like 6-8. Okay, so it's still technically in a rappable time signature. It's kind of like how Neil Peart plays odd time signatures. It's still an odd time, but... He plays it in a way that it's still smooth and it's still, still comprehensible, approachable. For, yeah. Yeah. And they do the same thing, which I love. I actually really like his delivery. Buster Rhymes felt very comfortable on this song. I felt like he fit very well. This was unexpected from Buster Rhymes. Usually he doesn't rap on this kind of stuff. Go get up from the mind. Get up, rewind. You know, it turned it down a little bit. He got smooth with it. I was like, he really fit right in. Him and Snoop, they were made for this song. I swear. Snoop is no stranger to that see breathy delivery, and it, it really works here. So there's also some really, really jazzy tracks on this album. Moon is a good example with Herbie Hancock. With Herb- jazz piano legend. Herbie Herbert Hancock. Hancock. They got Herbie freaking Hancock on this record. I saw that when they uh, released the track listing, and I was like, what? Yeah, that's what I was most excited for. I wanted to hear Herbie play with them. and Herbie's solo at the end, gorgeous. The entire song is just beautiful. 
I mean, I was just blown away. On top of that, I actually really liked the uh, vocoded vocals on that song. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it fit the vibe fit the vibe well. That and uh, smile and sniff, very yeah. jazzy. Smile. What I loved about smile and Garrett already kind of brushed over this, but there is kind of a chorus, not necessarily a, a sung chorus, but mm-hmm. that instrumental riff that she does, that really like jagged one, that little motif, it ties it down. Yeah, it ties it down. It makes it really catchy and memorable. And I love that. Honestly, one of my biggest complaints about this album is on some of the jazzier tracks, it just seems like they went in without a plan and just said, okay, let's jam for like two or three minutes. When they structure those songs more, you get songs like Smile and, like you said, Moon. There are some negatives to this album. <laughs> I do have a couple of problems with it, but they are not album-ruining problems. What do you guys think about Woe? Because that's like in there in my top two to three songs. Oh, I just really love that's the guitar. Another... I really love Kurt oh, yeah. Rosen, Rosenwinkel. And I've never heard of him before, but man, he may left a really good impression on me. That, that's another jazzy track. See, that's what I'm saying, though. They can carry on their own, but when they add another element, man, it skyrockets the track. Thundercat, Kurt Rosenwinkel here. Kurt Rosenwinkel stole the show. Great jazz guitar playing that fit in well. Wasn't too self-indulgent. Wasn't too noodly. It there was a slider where it's like slow sco on one end and like John McLaughlin just going like, you know, 110%. He's like right there in that middle and he's just towing that line constantly. He's just standing right in there and right in that vibe, not going too fast, not going too slow. And he's just kind of right there in the middle. And man, really good stuff. So there are some negatives to this album. I would say you don't have to rob me. Nope. Big skip. Corny <laughs> melody, to be honest. It was. The best way I could describe it is quirky and not in a good way. Yeah. I did not like the vocal melody on that song at all, dude. The phrasing. I actually don't care too much for Domi and JD's vocals. I don't think they're bad vocalists, but... If it was a better melody, they would shine better. Yeah, I think they need to stick to their instruments and backing vocals. I didn't personally care for Two Shrimps, even though I love some Mac DeMarco. I didn't like the way his vocals were produced in, on this song like how they come through it's an all right song i wouldn't say it's like a skip I, I didn't really personally care for it i think y'all are capping on two shrimps yeah i didn't care for two shrimps either mainly because it was another melody problem for me it was just not that interesting see i actually really like max vocal performance and i would love to hear him on more stuff like this well yeah his performance was good it's just like i said the the writing was it <laughs> almost feels like he he has like some kind of like cool something on his voice he well just, yeah he's processed he, yeah. yeah it's just it's a little it's too processed it, and i don't I'm not really fan I, of it. I think it sounds exactly like mac demarco's other material i mean he processes his vocals on literally everything else he does so mm-hmm. that fits with the overall production style of the album which i think we have differing opinions on i'm not as negative on it i do enjoy the lo-fi sound but i do agree with you in the sense that it kind of holds jd back a bit. Yeah, that was one of my biggest issues with this album is the way that JD Beck's drumming was recorded and produced. It left a lot of the punch out of his yeah. drumming. And that's what I wanted. I wanted more of that. I mean, I love Domi. I think she's amazing, but JD Beck to me was the main event. I love the lo fi sound. Same. I really, it really was, enjoy it. For JD, I can see where you're coming from, and I agree. Kind of makes like, it all hi hat, doesn't it? 
Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. And I, I kind of understand that's why they were going for that, you know, because of that jazz hop style, you know, hi-hats are going to be in it often. JD doesn't want to be the main focus. He wants to compliment. He wants to add yeah. to it. I wouldn't call it a amateur mistake or production problem. It was more just a production choice that I didn't care for. But overall, the album actually does sound very good. Yeah, yeah. And I understand the aesthetic they're going for. You know, cozy, very comfy, relaxed, and chilled out. I think they accomplished that. I think he sounds a little too dry. I mm. wanted a little more a little more sauce. It was a pretty big nitpick, but it was a big problem I had with it. I mean, other than that, I really, really enjoyed this album for the most part. The only tracks that I thought were real big sleepers were the ones where I feel like they didn't really have a game plan. Like when they're focusing on the composition and the structure and making like a proper song per se, I think it's fantastic. I just think there needs to be a little more refinement, maybe not rely so much on their chops. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Like JD's drumming style, that's just kind of how it is. He relies a lot on his chops, I've noticed over the years. And I like that, but I wish there would be more like pilot where he's more in the pocket because when he does that man that was so smooth so i know he can do it i know he can do it that's exactly what i'm saying is like just more refinement more refinement and more thought process whenever they're making these tracks yeah and that'll come with age yeah exactly and and these criticisms are in no way shape or form big detractors but i do think it is a glaring problem with the album again jd and domi Domi's 22, JD is 19. They have so much room for improvement. They have so much ahead of them. So much ahead of them. And if they are this good now, I can't wait to hear what they're going to do next. I hope they stay together. They're perfect together. Once in a generation duo, if you ask me. It's versatility. We talk a lot about if music is background music or it's music that really just, you know, is it foreground music you really just like to focus on? Is it this? Is it that? But I feel like there's beauty in the versatility of this and how you want to process it. You can really kind of take it however you want. There's much to be appreciated in that. Yeah, there's so much to unpack, but it's never overstated. Like I said, I do think on a couple of tracks, they rely too much on their talent and their virtuosity, but... I never at any point was like, man, this is so self-indulgent. This is insufferable. These guys are just showing off and tooting their own horns. No, I mean, it's just that enjoyable. It's cozy and it's comfortable. And I like that a lot. But yeah, did you guys have any final thoughts before we got into our overall ratings? No, we can go ahead and get into that. Overall, I think Not Tight is a solid debut record from two incredibly talented prodigies. The chemistry and sheer virtuosity of this duo is exceedingly rare, and one can only imagine where they can take their talent from here. Despite that, I do believe that there is more room for improvement from an album construction perspective. You can tell on certain tracks, in my opinion, such as Sniff, Space Mountain, and Duke, that the duo went in without a plan and just relied on their talent and chops and while that's cool you know the jams are awesome they stick out in comparison to the more structured compositions of the album like smile two shrimps moon take a chance and pilot and personally i didn't care for the lo-fi production style of the record but that's only noticeable on the instrumental tracks i didn't think it was a huge problem on the tracks where there were more added elements but it's a nitpick nonetheless I think the production choices do take a lot of the punch out of J.D. Beck's drumming, but it didn't ruin the record for me anyway. 
Regardless, I'd recommend the album if you're looking for something fresh and exciting in the modern jazz landscape. And with some refinement, I think Dobie and J.D. Beck will become a household name in modern jazz. And I cannot freaking wait for what they do next. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a 7.5 out of 10. I feel like this album is really what you can show what you can accomplish when two just absolute prodigies come together and get their creative juices flowing and bring in as much guests and influences as possible and fit them seamlessly into their overall sound and have that almost take on a different dynamic and like round it out in various interesting ways, whether it's Kurt giving them that kind of jazz guitar or it's Thundercat adding his bass and his just superb you know, higher pitch vocals, or you have, you know, some rapping, some very breathy rap, or you have Anderson Pox's, you know, melodies. The guests on this album really knocked out of the park. They also shined when they were on their own. And I personally enjoyed the kind of lo-fi hip-hop beats to study by <laughs> vibe-esque production. There were a few sleepers, uh, you know, Duke, Take Your Leave at Space Mountain. Uh, you Don't Have to Rob Me, it was definite skip. But overall, I'm actually very high on this album. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. So this album, it really makes me excited for the future of jazz. Because these two, like I've said before, they're very, very young. And they're incredibly talented. And they're already making a quality jazz album like not tight i just i can't wait to see what they're going to do next while this album does have its problems i think overall it is a very well done well put together project incredible guest appearances amazing performances very well done songs for the most part they demonstrate not only their talent as individual musicians also as arrangers and writers. I would not be surprised if they are the face of modern jazz for the next 20 years. I can't wait. I'm giving this album an 8.5 out of 10. All right, all right. And I, I definitely agree. I think with some time, this duo will become a household name. I would, I would put this album up there with a lot of the greats of jazz fusion. Really? Yes. It's, wow. I really, really, really enjoy this album. Yeah, definitely a great modern jazz record like you guys it makes me excited for what's to come well with that being said any final thoughts guys all good all right well this is off the key podcast and we're out of here thanks guys see i i agree two 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 great really solid yeah that was that was my
I'm not trying to make you listen to a bunch of jazz fusion. It just kind of happened that way. Hey everybody, Mac here, and I just wanted to give a shout out to LaCrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.